This is Zash Raymond, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. Podcast. My name is Matt Boisclair and automatic promotion is still just about on after Alexandra Mitrovic scored a 94th minute winner to give us a well-deserved victory at home to Swansea this evening. Rarely I wasn't able to make it to the cottage tonight as life has taken over this week but one man who was there and is currently making his way back across London is Morgan Calston. How are you doing mate? Uh, I'm a lot better than I was for the first 93 minutes of that but yeah it's a <laughs> yeah. brilliant ending. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying in our in our group chat that that match was very, very similar to the Huddersfield game last season when uh, AK obviously missed that late penalty and then um, then Mitro got a late winner in that one as well, obviously without the drama of um, who's going to take the penalty. But it, it did remind me of that game a little bit. Yeah, it was just, it was, I don't know. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about it obviously a bit more depth, but it's uh, the penalty, kind of the way he sort of sauntered up to it. Uh, you just looked at it and uh, the guy next to me, he was just like, as as you know, Mister Mister Shorb. He's like, he's going to miss this, isn't he? I'm just like, he had that feeling, uh, and uh, yeah, it was. I mean, to be fair, it was a great save, and the follow up was great. But you know, just domination again. Not did not see the goals that we uh, that were. I'd say yeah. I'd say deserved, but that'd be the wrong word. I think it's the same old, needed. same old, same old, isn't it? Yeah. Also joining us tonight is Jay Mack, who I'm going to bring in straight away to talk about the one change to the team who drew at Derby on Friday evening. Hello, mate. Your handsome was left out tonight in place of Cav, who moved into a front three with Bobby Reed dropping back into a deeper role. Can you remember any point this season where we've kept the same team in consecutive games? Hello, mate. Um... Not really, to be honest with you. I was looking forward to seeing your Hansen in, but uh, you know, you had Cavalera move to the front, like you said. I thought Bobby Reed had a really invisible game this match, to be honest with you. You know, until the 94th minute winner from Mitrovic, I was quite ready to sort of get the claws out and call this another boring game of football, even though the tempo did improve quite a lot and we did seem to have a bit more of a higher press. But yeah, I, I thought I thought Bobby Reed wasn't that amazing as he was last time when he played centrally. But uh, Johansson, yeah, shame, shame he didn't play. But the substitutes were actually very good later on, which we'll come on to. We will. Well, let's let's talk about the start then, Morgs. I'm going to bring you back in. We, we started really well, and I thought we controlled the game, had a better tempo, as J-Matt just said. There was a bizarre moment quite early on when Matt Grimes of Swansea flew in and, and caught Mitro uh, with almost a two-footed tackle. And then the referee gave a drop ball. How, how did that look? Obviously, you were sat in the hammy end, so it was right up the other end. But could you make any sense of it? Oh, well, that's the thing. I saw, I saw what happened in terms of the challenge and the referee seemed to take a look at it and give the free kick. Uh, or oh, that's what it looked like. And then it went to a drop ball. And yeah. it was like, we're, we're, everyone was slightly confused of what had happened. But yeah. it certainly looked like a foul. Uh, but obviously we're 100 yards away. Couldn't really tell properly. But it's, I don't know. It's just one of those situations, again, where, you know, uh, sorry, I have to excuse the noise. So you look at the championship <laughs> referees and just go, you know, what, what, what what are they seeing that you know everyone else isn't? Um, and it's you know, and the drop ball as well was a bit comical because for some reason no one really knew how to contest a drop ball. And in this well, game, they wanted to contest drop balls. It wasn't, well, it wasn't you don't contest drop balls, but the but they wanted to contest it, and then they weren't allowed to. 
<laughs> so it was yeah. like uh, back and forth over that. It's, it was just a bit of a joke, really. But it clearly looked like a foul from where we were sitting. But obviously, from yeah. five yards away, it wasn't a foul. But it was it was a foul, one hundred percent. But anyway, well, something that did happen a little bit closer to you. Swansea's best chance of the game, really, um, when Andre Ayew got the wrong side of Ream. Ream did quite well to recover, and I think he was fouled uh, by by Ayew as Ayew was advancing on goal. Then Adoy cleared it. Other than that, I thought defensively we looked pretty comfortable throughout the game. What did you think? Well, I mean that that particular chance. Um... It was, uh, we were sort of watching it sort of come over in sort of some, some a bit slow motion. And you could tell Reem wasn't looking particularly comfortable at that ball and the way it was coming to him. And IU sort of uh, took advantage of that. He got round him pretty easily, got round Rodak, but obviously the momentum took him past. But then Dennis came in with one of those challenges that you need from a sort of, you know, last ditch over exuberant Belgian. Uh, and it was uh, it was brilliant, and it was just like, it was just it was one of those things. It was like okay, you know, he's he's one of those players that you know that's that's why he's a fan's favourite because he comes up with challenges like that. I mean, that was a never say die sort of attitude because realistically, uh, AU should have been putting that in from essentially six yards out. So it was uh, yeah, it's all that, and it, it didn't really paint Reem in the best light again. You know, he did look at sort of left a bit wanting by it, but you know, at the end of the day, didn't go in, so all good. Yeah, exactly. We got away with it. Um, I'm going to come to you again just while we've got you because I know you're you're heading back to Hammersmith at the moment to, to jump on the tube. So uh, Mitro had a great chance when played in by Bobby Reed, but his shot was uncharacteristically wayward in the 27th minute. But then four minutes later, from about 30 yards, he volleyed one that almost went straight in the top corner, which probably would have been goal of the season had he gone in. Yeah, I mean that uh, that first chance he. Um, you know, he probably should have taken another one or two touches. He was clean through. Probably felt a little bit rushed by the uh, defender on him. But realistically, I mean, if he'd gone through and taken another touch, he would have just been able to slot it in. But obviously, it's un- unusual, really got... unusual. It was, lack it was of composure. You know, exactly. I was going to say, you know, no composure there, which is not his style. And he he had a funny game today. I mean, obviously, scoring in the ninety fourth minute, uh, you know, makes up for any sort of misses or whatever. Um, but at the same time, he was. He, the thing is, he had a good game generally because he was flying all over the place. He wasn't just that sort of um, target mentally. He was flying out sort of right, at left, and he was you know he was doing his bit defensively as well. And you know he had a good game, but I think he was um, maybe he was doing too much. Maybe he was sort of you know he needs to focus on doing what he does best. Um, but as we said, you know sort of like missing a penalty he was uh, if he if it had finished nil nil, it would have been a bit of a disaster. But at the end of the day, the, I mean, his header for the goal, I mean, it was just so, you know, let like a salmon and all, yeah. was, all was well. So, and At the end of the day, three points is three points. It doesn't necessarily matter how you get them. Um, J-Mag, we had eight corners in the first half this evening. Why are we so crap at corners? Mind, and, and the other point here is that we are obviously doing something right if we're getting eight corners in the first place. So we, we played all right in the first half, but why can't we capitalise mm. on corners? Well, yeah, it goes to show that obviously our tempo has improved and obviously Parker's taking notes on what everyone wants, which is, you know, a much faster in transition. So hence all the corners. Um, my mate Alex texted me during the game saying, Fulham have started doing a wonderful thing at corners. One player positions the ball, then at last minute swaps for someone else to take it after repositioning the ball. <laughs> Fuck my life. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, so there was... I'll tell you, the other... I'll, I'll tell you what, though, how Fulham is that thing? You actually have a butler to play the, place the ball on the corner and then... <laughs> 
that's very true but yeah i, I don't I, I don't know what's going on with our corners at the moment especially when we had so many it's a shame to see them go to waste it was it was a shame um yeah yeah it really was a shame uh, just, that that kind of sums up the first half but in the second half the, the second half was much more kind of stodgy midfield nonsense um in, in contrast to the first half where we where we did have some chances one chance we did have in the second half, we were two on one just after half time, but Knockart couldn't pick out Caballero. Um, Knockart's distribution was dismal all night, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, he's just had one of those nights where he's like Jekyll and Hyde. One night he does really well, the other night he just does too many tricks, starts falling over them. He did a nice back heel pass at one point, which looked very nice, but it was an hour and a half. Yeah, I, I found Knockart really infuriating infuriating this game i'd say to be negative the weakest players of our game tonight were probably bobby reed and anthony knockart for me yeah well knockart did go off and an ak came on for him Morgs, uh, did i hear some booing when um when knockart was taken off uh if you did i mean i didn't hear it it might have been from the might be from the swansea fans i don't know if you got involved oh, in okay. an altercation or something but i mean maybe but i mean it was in the hammy and didn't hear anything i think it was i think it was more the fact if there had been any booing, I think it might have been the fact that Parker left the substitution so late that everyone was slightly confused as to sort of, you know, what was uh, what was going on. Uh, yeah. Unless unless the booing was just everyone chanting a boo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I could understand uh, if, if I may, I, yeah. I could understand if maybe they were booing for Cavalero coming off for Cabano in the 78th minute. As much as I'd like to see Cabano in a game like this towards the end, I thought Cavalero was actually very good in this game and that was quite a weird decision from Parker. And, you know, too late as well. Yeah, it was. I mean, that was the thing. It was like it, we weren't chasing the game, uh, but we certainly needed something a bit fresh. And you, know, you look at it, and it's it's not the sort of substitution where you would sort of you know we would say it's like you don't bring on um, uh, whatever sort of uh, Cabano for Arta to bring on an extra attacker because you're sort of leaving yourself exposed. But you do need to bring on something a little bit interesting, I guess. And I guess when you've only got three three players there, I mean, but. Deckled over Reed just didn't have a particularly good game. And it was, as you said, Joe, uh, Joe May, it was fairly anonymous through the whole thing. So it was slightly odd that he would bring off uh, Cav for him because I thought Cav was actually pretty decent. And he, he gives you 90 minutes for the most part, whereas Knockart or Deckled over Reed only give you maybe 75 max. Mm. And we, we also mentioned, you know, um, K-Mac coming on for Harry Arter. I just want to say, I thought Harry Arter was actually very decent in this game for us. And um, something you mentioned on the group, uh, Frenchie, is that with the maybe we have a good sort of a good combination when it comes to Kenny and Arter playing together. I don't know if that's a thing, but I, it just seems like I thought personally Arter was very good this evening. I just want to put that on record because I think he deserves it slightly. I, I don't know. I, uh, I, I, for the first half, I thought Arter was pretty awful. And I thought oh, really? he, uh, yeah, I mean, it was more the fact that there were a couple of times that he was going in with late challenges again. He was just looking at, you know, it's, a, he's basically uh, sort of, you know, almost the English Steph Joe, you know, in the sense that he doesn't know how to time a challenge, but he doesn't, just times doesn't seem to offer that much. And I don't think that really changed today, but maybe I wasn't sort of paying enough attention in the second half, but certainly in the first half, I don't think he was, you know, I don't think he was worth his place in the team. I would have preferred to see Steph Joe or K-Mac there. 
the main main problem with Harry Arter is he's so easy to dislike. And where you know when he was laid laid on the floor in a heap a couple of times after probably what was a fifty fifty tackle, and you just think, oh, has, has he fouled him, or you know who, who's at fault here? And you know he's, he's not one of those one of those players who when he goes down and is clutching his leg, you're thinking, oh well, he's been really, you know, he, he's really been mistreated there. You just think, was that his own fault? Or I, I, I'm I'm not a fan of his, but I, I didn't think he had a particularly bad game tonight. But then I'm I'm saying this because I'm in a good mood because we've, we've not long scored a winner in the 94th minute. So yeah, I tell I tell you what, there, was, there there was a moment where uh, I can't remember if it was a free kick given against him or not given for him, but he just seemed to lose his head and he had that sort of look of an absolute maniac. <laughs> he just so shaking in the middle of the pitch at the referee, and it just like it just yeah a little bit of a lunatic and. Uh, I'm sure he's that, lovely that at sort of like the Parker family dinner table, but he's uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's got a fucking screw loose otherwise. That, that's part of going to watch Fulham, though, mate. We have loads of possession. We do do fuck all with the ball. And Harry Arter has a tantrum. That's all. That's that's all part of the the experience these days. Yeah, it's including the ticket price, isn't it? Now <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the penalty then. Was it a penalty for you, Morgs? Uh It kind of it was a you know it looked a bit clumsy, and I think in this day and age, you know, the player doesn't get the ball. Uh, the attacker goes down, you're going to give a penalty. Uh, I think Andre Ayew took exception to it. Uh, he looked like he was sort of doing a bit of an arse after that. But, you know, it's the Swansea defender didn't get anywhere near the ball. And I think it was, was it Niskins that he took down? Yeah, it was, it was. Yeah. He, uh, You know, it was, it just, you know, he went down and um, clearly the ball wasn't, you know, wasn't near the ball. So, yeah, you have to give a penalty for that. Fair enough. What about you, Jay? Matt, was it a penalty for you? Yeah, I think it was a penalty. You know, I, I, the referee tonight didn't have the best game, probably from the opinion of a lot of Swansea fans, especially Andre Ayew, who was just screaming in his face when uh, when we when he was we gave the penalty to us. But yeah, a definite penalty for me, I think. Yeah. And then, of course, a poncy little run up from Mitro, which is unusual for him, and a crap penalty. Well, that's why it probably didn't go in. I mean, it just it was very unlike the sort of penalties we've seen Mitro score before. What do you think, Morgan? I mean, looking at it from behind, it was, uh, he, he looked like he was being overly sort of, uh, overly cautious with his run up, trying to wait for the sort of keeper to go. But the keeper was, you know, I can't remember, was it Woodman? I think it's the Swansea keeper. Yeah, Freddie Woodman, uh, He just, you know, you know, ice through his veins time, you know, keeping there. He just did not move until he saw where Mitro was going. So, you know, fair play to him. I mean, he got made a great save and then the follow up, uh, from Cabana, I think, again, was uh, it was another great save. So, you know, sometimes in those instances, you know, Mitro should know better. He should just put his laces through it, put it in the top corner yeah. or whatever. But he uh, obviously went for placement and uh, got found out on that. So, you know, it happens. You know, it happens then next time, he'll send the keeper the wrong way. So... Trouble is, though, he, did, he didn't place it particularly well either, did he? He put it at a perfect height and it went in the corner. So the keeper goes the right way, he's saving it. Well, exactly, but if the keeper goes the wrong way, it looks like a brilliant penalty. Yeah. <laughs> so, True. You see that. True. You see that with a lot of penalties, really, don't you? I mean, you do, you um, do. Well, let, let, let's talk. Let's talk about the goal, then, boys. So, ninety-fourth minute, the game's just wrapping up, and Swansea are attacking. Joe Bryan makes a stunning tackle on the edge of our own penalty area. Um, we break away. Ak crosses it, and Mitro heads it in off the underside of the bar. Absolute jubilation. How was it in the hammy end, mate? Uh, mate, I mean, I hate the term because uh, I'm in my mid thirties. It's not something I should use, but absolute limbs. I mean, it was it was brilliant. Uh, you know, it's just like when that came in, 
you see, you see AK get the ball on the right, and you've we've seen, we've all seen his crossing ability, and you wonder where on hell's earth it's going to go, and the fact that Mitro just leaps and sort of plants it off the underside of the crossbar. I mean, it was just absolutely beautiful. I mean, but uh, I think having seen sort of like the, the previous sort of like rest of the game, we weren't expecting that, and I think it was just that sort of jubilation that you get from you know very very last minute winners in a situation where you need those three points to go back up in contention for the promotion spots. Uh, it, it was wonderful. Uh, it was, you know, we, uh, you know, evenings like that are why you pay sort of, you know, the money to go and see these games because you will see 93 minutes of absolute dross and then get that. And uh, yeah, brilliant. And all, I mean, f- fair play to uh, AK as well, because obviously he comes in for a lot of stick, uh, but that ball was, uh, you know, it was, you know, it was perfect. The ball was perfect, but I, I just want to say as well, what was quite nice for the penalty that Mitro missed, there's a nice camaraderie between Mitro and AK then. And like you said, Frenchie, it was reminiscent of the Huddersfield game when AK went a bit stupid and, you know, missed that penalty. It was just quite nice to see their penalty sort of friendship was uh, back on track for this game. Uh, that's another thing I'll say about AK in this game as well. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's only it's only taken 18 months, one lone move, one police case. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and they're, back, they're back friends again. It's a... Uh, yeah. Talk about the ends well. Nice to see a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I'm, I'm just looking at the table now. Um, we're still five points behind Leeds because, annoyingly, they won away at Middlesbrough this evening. But we're now uh, seven points clear of Bristol City in seventh. So we're quite comfortable in the in the playoff position. Four clear of Brentford. Um, one clear of Forest. So it's not, it's not a disaster um, this week. You know, obviously, we, we drew last weekend, but we're still five points behind Leeds. And we've got... a. We've got Preston on um, uh, on Saturday, who we're four points ahead of as well. So we win that one, and and you know we're we're really kind of cementing our our place in the playoffs uh, with ten games to go, um, and still still hot on Leeds's tail. Really, what do you think? Yeah, I mean Saturday is such an important game, and you know we say this for every single championship game because it's so tight in this league, um, and I think it's we got to that point now where, you know, you can call it the business end of the season, I guess. Uh, but we need to, Leeds and West Brom seem to have sorted out their issues. Uh, West Brom certainly have, and I think we can fairly safely say that they're going to go up. And now it's between us, Forest, Leeds. And you, you have to say, if uh, we were lose to Preston and Brentford weird and stuff, everyone's back in the hunt again. So it is so tight there. And, you know, we only need to see how sort of Leeds to away 12-point uh, Leeds. Uh, 12-point lead uh, to know how quickly it can be overturned. So it's it's going to get you know fairly sort of uh, nail biting now, I think, and it's going to be all about who can sustain their form uh, to make sure that sort of by the time it gets to May, you know, we're not sort of fighting for a playoff space, uh, playoff spot, rather looking at um, you know can we grab that uh, second automatic promotion spot. Yeah, well, it's the business end of the season, as they say. Right, mate, I'm going to come to you and get your man of the match this evening. I think I probably know who you're going to say, but Morgs, who's your man of the match? I don't know, actually. I mean, I, I mean I've probably got to go with Mitro just because he scored the goal and he was sort of yeah, putting a good performance. Uh, but it was an odd one. So it's I, I will give it to him purely on that. Uh, but we had, you know, trying to think who else might have got it. I think Cav was fairly decent at times, uh, but yeah. no one else really uh, 
really shone. So I have to give it to Micho just for his goal and ignore the uh, penalty miss. And you, J-Mac? Just to be a bit different and just to sort of make a sort of point for the next game, I'm going to give it to AK-47 because we wouldn't have won without that cross again. And I'm saying it, so hopefully he can actually get a start for the next game because it's something that actually, you know, we were thinking about what sub is Parker going to make and what should he make? And I was thinking, why didn't he just put AK on to begin with? Because that was the sort of assistance goal that made us win. Well, sorry, equalise against Derby. So I'm going to say AK just for the fact that it was a wonderful cross and, you know, he deserves credit and hopefully he'll start again. We'll start as you start next game. Okay, well, I'm going to give it to Mitro for obvious reasons, but the fact that you've given a man of the match means that you must have been impressed with Scott Parker for bringing him on. So what's your Parker rating, mate? My Parker rating is, I'm going to say six and a half, maybe seven, because to be honest, there isn't really... I thought that the things had improved things had improved we were all over them in the first half we were definitely the better team but there is a problem now with sort of individuality so you've got you've got like hundreds of crosses in the first half but I think only 21% of them were accurate uh so I just think also I don't know what Anthony Notcart's doing this is just a lot a very frustrating performance from him he seems to be going central in the center quite a lot so I I think I would give him a seven because it's an improvement. And if we can keep improving with that tempo and get faster and have a high press like we did, I think good things will come. Uh, And it's just a shame we missed the penalty as well. So, yeah, I'll give him a seven. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you and say seven as well. What about you, Morgs? After the first half, I would have given him him uh, an eight. But he... It just because it was it was nice, slick, flowing football. We were sort of fairly unfortunate not to have scored at least one in that half. But in the second half, I'm not quite sure what he said to them at half time, but it just it was really poor dirged football again. And nothing we had you know, up until the penalty, I think we'd had one shot uh on goal and it wasn't on target. And he just kind of like, what was he saying to them? What I don't know what he's done there. And the fact he didn't make a substitution until the seventy seventh minute was fairly annoying. I'm not quite sure why. Uh, if he didn't really know what to do or if he didn't think the players on the bench were going to improve the team, fair enough. But uh, I think I'd have to go with a six and a half on this. I mean, he was it was lucky that AK uh, put in such a good cross for that um, to make it the substitution look sort of uh, yeah, super sub. Um, but again, frustrating. It looked like there was you know a lack of a plan uh, when we weren't winning despite the possession dominance again. Good stuff. All right, Morgs. Well, Morgs, we're going to let you go now because I know you're you're waiting to get the tube. So um, thanks for joining yeah. and safe trip home. And J-Mac and I are going to look ahead to the Preston game after this. Fulham. All right, J-Mac, so just you and I for this bit. Well, how do you see the, the line-up panning out for, Pre- uh, for Preston at home? Do you think it'll be much the same? Probably going to be some sort of change somewhere along the line, isn't there? I mean, I think Parker will probably stick to something quite similar to what we saw tonight. But what I would like to see personally is AK-47 on the right with Mitro up top, obviously, and Cavalier on the left. And I think Bobby Reed needs a game out now. And I'd like to see maybe a midfield three of Tom Kenny, Johansson and McDonald or Harriata with the same back four. So, yeah, just basically the AK on the right and Bobby Reed out is the two changes I'd like to see, especially in a game like Preston. As well, I'm not. It's something that I'm not sure if Bobby Reed's going to be able to handle that. That sort of uh, grit, that sort of Alex Neal imposes on his own team to play like. 
you just never know which uh, which Bobby Reed you're going to get. Really, when he's good, he's great, but he's so often just anonymous, isn't he? And, I'm afraid and, so. Yeah, just, yeah, just goes missing. Um, but then AK's the same as well. He's hot and cold, but he's the man who's who's created the two opportunities for Mitro in the last two games from from that right hand side. So arguably, I I think you might be right. He, he deserves a shot. Yeah, and it's the type of physicality that we would need against a team like the Bruisers of Preston. You know, beware Alex Neal is all I'm going to say for this game because I just I think he's a very, very, very good manager, more than uh, better than a lot of poor people give him credit for. And you know, they won last time against us, and it was a tough game. I mean, we played very well. I mean, we had high possession and good lots of passing, but same old story. We didn't finish our chances off, and they were far more clinical of what they with what they were given. Yeah, well, let's let's have a look at the uh, the stats that Stato sent over. Then Preston's mm. season so far, um, as I said earlier, they're just about in the playoff zone at the moment under Alex Neil. They're having a, a good season. They're they're quite a consistent side in in the sense that they they usually are fighting for a playoff spot year in year out, and it's got to be a matter of time before they they make it up to the Premier League. They've managed to maintain good form for most of the season. Uh, their biggest wobble came in late November, early December. Um, they had a, a four-game losing streak. Then again, in late December, early January, where they were went five without a win. Um, that did include three draws and just two defeats, mind you. Uh, since those five games in January, they've gone on to win five out of eight of their last, uh, last games. Um, five of those wins have come against teams in the bottom half of the table. Um, they're running is okay. They've got us and they've got Brentford and Forest to play for the teams that are currently above them. Um, mm. Then they've got a lot of fixtures against teams who are looking to sneak into the playoffs as well. So um, it's make or break time for everybody at the moment, really. Um, their stats so far this season, they've won 16 games, they've drawn eight and they've lost 11. And they've got a goal difference of plus nine. Um, they've scored mm. 49 goals and conceded 40 for those of you that struggle with your maths. Um, <laughs> they've scored more one one more than Fulham um, and conceded three more. Um, actually, they've they've scored exactly the same amount as Fulham have now because we've scored that one game tonight. And Stato sent me these stats today. Nice. So um, yeah, we've we've scored the same amount of games. Only got seven clean sheets all season in their thirty five games so far, um, and five clean sheets in their away games. Um, they're eight points better off this season than they were at this stage last season, um, which represents some some good progress by Alex Neal and his team. Uh, they scored 49, as I said, 21 of those are from set pieces, um, and nine of those 21 set pieces have been penalties. So they've been quite good from the spot this season. So far, they've done the league double against four teams who are all in the bottom five. And beating us would give them a rare opportunity to do the double over a team in the top six. Their away form, they've won 29% of their away games, um, which is the exact league average in the championship this season. Um, the, the They average 1.2 points per game. And their away form is 1-5, drawn 5, lost 7. 67% of their goals away from home come in the first half. They scored first in nine away games and only conceded an equaliser on four of those nine occasions. J-Mac, tell me about Preston's key players. 
So you've got Daniel Johnson, who's an attacking midfielder, and he's their top scorer and top assister with 10 goals and five assists. So we need to be looking out for him. Um, He's only played 24 of 35 league games as well. Um, There's no correlation if Preston win or not depending on if he plays despite their being their key player and he hasn't scored or assisted in the last three games so that that you know he might not be as hot as he sounds for this game upcoming and five out of ten of his goals have been penalties so it may be flattered to deceive those stats on him we've also got Tom Barkhusen who's a striker and Preston have played multiple players up front this season but Barkhusen seems to be the most consistent with nine goals and four assists although he does frequently play out wide and support other strikers as well and all the goals have come inside the opposition area with seven of his nine goals coming from open play. But you've also got David fucking Nugent or Nugent. So hopefully he won't score again for against us. Uh, you've got Sean Maguire, uh, four goals and two assists and Jaden Stockley, two goals and one assist. And Paul Gallagher, who's a defensive mid for them. He's 35 year old veteran midfielder, but he's chipped in about six goals and two assists. So he's, he's doing all right. But you've also got Declan Rudd, the goalkeeper. Um, the reason I'm mentioning him is because he's on an average of 2.5 saves per game and Rodak is averaging 2.9. So, you know, Rudd's no mug. He's actually quite a good goalie. So I, I reckon it's going to be, with, with these sort of stats and these players, it's not going to be completely easy. But seeing as we're home and the, the tempo has improved quite a bit, as it seems, it might not be bad. Like you said in the stats that you said, we need to score first and hopefully they it's very unlikely they'll get an equaliser. Well, there we go then. If we score first, J-Mac said it's unlikely they'll equalise. So if we score first, don't worry Statistic- about it, everybody. We're, we're going to be fine. Statistically speaking. <laughs> yeah. Let's, um, let's look back at the um, the game earlier in the season uh, when we lost 2-1 at Deepdale. Um, scrappy game. Um, Adoy got sent off. Then Preston had a player sent off and probably should have had a second red card from, from memory as well. Um, then, as you said, David Nugent scored his first goal in about 50 years that put the 2-0 uh, up. Yeah. Mitro got one back, but then we just we couldn't we couldn't get an equaliser at the end. And it, it was a weird game actually where Mitro, Kamara, Cavalera and Knocker all played. Um, and we just we had this really narrow formation. That being said, though, we did manage 58% possession. Um, 15 shots, but only one on target, which is a ridiculous stat, really. Um, so, yeah, so all we can do is, is hope that we can uh, right the wrongs from that game and and hopefully just have a more comfortable uh, afternoon than we've had evening this evening. Yeah. And as Morgan said, if, if like, Leeds lose or if we lose or it could all start getting quite heated and spicy again in the top six. And this is a real opportunity for us. I mean, as Morgan said as well, every week is an opportunity for us. Every game is huge. Now we've got that, this huge run in, but if we can just keep winning and keep this form of just nicking goals, even if they are scrappy, it should be okay. Cause I do think we can make automatics and potentially overtake leads. I don't think we're going to get first sets West Brums now, but we can get second because I do believe, I think Tom Kearney said it in a sky interview today or yesterday that if, if we get into the playoffs, I think it's going to be more of a lottery than it's ever been. I think we were very lucky because we were good in to win the playoffs last uh, two seasons ago, but it, it's quite rare that you see the best team win the third team uh, third place team uh go up by the playoffs it, it's such a lottery and with the fact that we've 
been so inconsistent with playing the top six teams this season. I do fear for us in the playoffs. And I just do think if we can just keep going and just see the improvements that have been made slightly and we can just improve the tempo, and it should be okay. And hopefully we can overcome Leeds. Well, it's very much on second place. I still think first place is on as well, even though we haven't been playing brilliantly lately. But we're still grinding out results aside from that Barnsley game. But this is the run now that I was talking about a few weeks ago. We now, we play Preston at home, Bristol City away, Brentford at home, Leeds away, QPR away. And this this is our toughest um, block of fixtures of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably the most crucial time of the season as well. So it's, it's a, it is a tall ask. But if we can mm-hmm. come through these games then we've, we've got every opportunity of, of going up automatically. So let's let's see how we get on. Anyway, I'm going to come to you quickly now because we, we need to go in a second. So I'm going to come to you and ask you for a score prediction for the Preston game. I think it's going to be 3-1 to us. I think we'll... Uh, I, I, I think so. I think if we have AK starting and we see the same sort of crosses as we've seen him give in the last two games, it'll be a lot more fun for Mitro to play and score goals for us. I think 3-1 for me. I, I love your optimism. I, I'm, I'm normally the optimistic one. I, I think we're going to win, but I think there's only going to be one goal in it. I think either a 1-0 or a 2-1. Mm. Um, we, we just don't seem to ever do it easily, but we still generally tend to do it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go 1-0 again. Nice. All right. Well, that's your lot tonight, everyone. Thanks for listening. And thanks to the boys, J-Mac and Morgan earlier for joining me. We'll be back early next week to look back at the Preston game we've just spoken about. In the meantime, take care and see you soon. Cheers.